what's up everybody this is Andy Morales with Angela Murray and I hey, hope everyone's everyone I hope everyone's having a great great day um you know just a quick rundown of uh, what why we're here today um we have Greg Mancy with us as our guest how are you man I'm doing all right how about yourself thanks for having me no no doubt no doubt man so you're coming out with a book um coming soon right yeah, my uh, second one, believe it or not. Yeah, that's the second book as the series. Yeah, or when's it, it's actually uh, officially April fourth, right? That's when we can actually get our hands on it, April fourth. Yeah, I think that's when it's going to be like on Amazon and whatnot. Awesome. Before. I know that's exactly what we want to be talking about today: how people can get access to this incredible <laughs> work. Because uh, I know there's definitely people who have been fans of yours for a while that are uh, definitely picking up the podcast. But also, mm -hmm. Greg, there might be some new fans uh, just finding out about you today uh, or whenever they find the podcast or, hey, maybe they're just fans of poetry and holy shit, they're here. Oh, my God, there's a, a <laughs> thing with Greg and they learn about you. So, like, who are you, man? Who, um, who are you as a writer or, like, are you a writer or is this kind of like the side hustle? Um, yeah, that's a little question right off the rip. Um, <laughs> we, we go hard. That's fine. I I really suck at those sort of broad questions, so I'll try to uh, answer that one. Um, I'd like. I guess um, I'd like to say that I consider myself an observer, a muser, and a storyteller, as far as that goes. Um, my big influences, as far as like style goes, would be um, if you're familiar with any of these people, um, Jack Kerouac, who was a really oh, good observer. I mean, some Jack <laughs> well, some people, you know, but um, he's one of them. Um, Raymond Carver is another big one. John Updike is another big one. Those are like the big three who I really uh well, really sort of. That? What's that? Greg, John Updike. That's a new one. I've never heard anybody utilize John Updike. I used to well, work they're in a fools. library, <laughs> so I know. Well, I used to work in a library, so I've definitely shelved a bunch of John uh, mm -hmm. Updike books. So why Updike? Why? Why such? A, and of course, you just said they're fools. Why are they such a fool? <laughs> well, I mean, from I I consider Updike to be like, like probably the best writer of the latter half of the 20th century. Um, but I think that's because I relate to him pretty well because he was a small town guy. He wrote about um, really kind of like nothing, just like everyday sort of stuff. Um, uh, yeah, I and just I. Yeah, oh my! I grew up a oh yeah, I grew up small, so, small town, small rural town. Um, in, in New York State, or where? Yes, where in in New York town? State, in New York State, about a half hour south of Albany, in a little town called Chatham. Okay, um, never heard of it. I know no, Chatham. I, I know Chatham. That's interesting because one of my <laughs> oh, bullshit, um, you do. <laughs> no, no. So I only know about Chatham because one of my old coworkers. Um, I I can't talk about where I work, but there's a location <laughs> no, over there hot, at hot, Chatham. Hot. Don't even say anything, Greg. Wait, what? <laughs> no, so <laughs> no, so there's a location of this place I work at. Like they have multiple locations, and and they mm -hmm. have a location at Chatham. That's the only reason why I even know about Chatham. But other than that, I know nothing else but that. <laughs> uh, now I'm wow. curious because I didn't think that was like a hotbed of secret activity. But uh, maybe it's, maybe it's changed since I graduated. I don't know. Right. Well, so Chatham is small town because Andy knows where it is because Andy knows everything. But we'll learn. About I it. don't know everything. I know a, no. Okay, so this is the misconception about me. I know a little bit of everything. I don't know everything. I know a little bit about a lot of things. Andy, that I way. thought I knew stuff. I thought I knew stuff, but you put me in a shame. So anyway, so Greg's wow. a small towner. So you're mm -hmm. writing about. So like, tell me, like, uh, what's small town Greg like? What's What's growing up in a small town and, and inspire you to write? Were you writing back then or this like mm -hmm. later in life? Well, no, well, I'm actually kind of a late bloomer as far as the writing goes. Okay, what does um, late bloomer mean? Meaning like when I was a, well, when I was a kid, like um, I always kind of had like an active imagination, but I mm -hmm. always, I, I suck, I suck at like drawing. I suck at musicianship. Um, I was, I was not a really a big bookworm or book nerd uh -huh. or hit in the library. American Greg. Yeah, yeah. American I played Joe, American Greg. Okay. Exactly. I I played with my action figures. I played with my you know the Sega Genesis, and that was really about it. And I would, you know, now, Greg, I, I apologize. Just... I'm gonna cut you off for a second. I'm forty. You're fine. Again, uh, no, I'm forty years old. So like, 
what like what year or how old are you? So I'm just imagining. I think we're thinking the same. Like you're a little bit younger than us, I think. I'm uh, 36. Oh, okay, yes. so, okay so, so I'm okay. So it's Angela, then it's me, and then it's it's Greg. Got you, because I'm th- yeah, I'm gonna be 38 not, in not July. Not a... anymore, Andy. <laughs> oh my god, I Greg's the baby. Right, hey, but so he brought it back though. Ones, I just want to figure out what kind of action figures they were. So what action figures uh, are you talking about? Because it's not GI Joes anymore. No, so no, kids no, don't no. Know about, kids don't know about that today. They don't know. I know. So what are we talking about? Like Pokemon? What kind of N- No, God, no. I had a ton of like the old-timey WWF <laughs> ones. Wow. And... Oh, wait. You're a wrestling okay, fan. Okay, yes. I was. I was. Oh, you was. Okay, I've seen those. I've seen those. I've not had those, but I've seen those. WWF, okay. Good. So we're playing exactly. with the WWE wrestling figures. Wish we had music. Man, a lot of... Wish we had artistic talent, but, no, but Courtney Gregg has none. So then where it goes... We're, we're back um, to useful, Greg. So when did the writing happen? I mean, I was always pretty decent at it. Like, as far as, like, school goes, that was English and, like, the creative aspects. That was always, like, what I was really good at. But, you know, mm-hmm. you didn't really do it that much. So nobody got to – I didn't really get to, like, water the plants, so to speak, as far as that goes, or grow <laughs> or grow a little bit. Yeah. Um, you never got to um, uh, marinate that talent. Oh, that's not. That's not even good either. I'm sorry. That was bad nah. too. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I never. No, I never got to marinate that meat. If that's what you're going for, no, I never there marinated the meat there for that. Um. So then. Perfect, Greg. Then I would say probably I'm gonna skip a skip a few years here, and I'm gonna go my second foray into uh into collegiate learning. I, I went back to get my uh my bachelor's. To try to mm-hmm. better myself in, in the uh, in the job market, which went absolutely nowhere, but um, okay. so I went back, um, got my bachelor's. Mm-hmm. I originally originally was uh, majoring in communication, minoring in English, okay. but but I had to take statistics, and I suck at math, so I swapped, and I majored in English, minored in uh, in uh in communication, okay. uh, and I we wound up doing a bunch of like creative writing projects and everything, and I thought I did okay on them. And the reception I got in these classes and from some of my teachers was, like, overwhelmingly positive, like, surprisingly. And a few people, some teachers and some of them, you you really try this. You really invest in this. I'm like, eh, you know, maybe. So (laughs) I just sort of, like. That's great. Oh, my gosh. So that's kind of a unique story. Uh, Greg, keep going because I'll I'll say something after you're done. Okay. So then I started sort of fiddle-fucking around with things and, uh. You know, I just and the the library. I went to the University of Albany, um, and the library. The library there is actually really, really fucking good. There's a lot of obscure um, writers that you just kind of wouldn't think that a school library would have. So a lot of that's where I really discovered like Raymond Carver and John Updike and uh, Mm -hmm. a lot of those because because I had the entire catalog for these guys. So I would just dive into those when I was supposed to be doing actual schoolwork. and that's where really where I got it from. And then I started just, um, well, Carver especially. Let me do a quick sidetrack into that. Um, he's primarily a short story writer. He's considered by a lot of people to be like the American Chekhov. He does a lot of less is more realism mm-hmm. stuff. And I, 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 I like that. And he was also a poet, but his poems are like really more like story snippets. And I really mm-hmm. took to that. I really liked that. And then I was like, let me see if I can do this. And then I just, I, I got into that and I started honing that style a little bit. And I took a bunch of the other influences that I liked, uh, took out what I liked from what they did and try to put my own little spin on it. And that's kind of how I developed my own little, uh, my own little voice here. So I started with a style of Carver, work in a little uh, small town, John Updike, a little rawness mm-hmm. of, you know, Kerouac and, you know, just kind of see where it goes with my own little musings. So my question is like, so can you do, you, all right. Cause I remember where I was when I wrote my very first piece where I just mm-hmm. decided to grab a pen and a paper, start writing. Um, mm-hmm. Can you recall in your particular case as to when that was for you? Um, Pretty much a, like, yeah, like where were you? What were you doing? And then what what happened on that particular day that made you decide? You know, what, I'm gonna write a piece for the first time. Like, well, because it sounds like this kind of because what I wanted to say as I was letting you finish, Greg, is your kind of story is a little bit you're unique almost because it almost seems like you were kind of going on with your life, not even realizing that this is something that was even necessarily a part of you until somebody 
actually said, hey, dude, you got something here. And it just kind of came out of you. Maybe it was part of you all along, but you just never realized it. So mm -hmm. I think Andy's question is really good. When was the first time you wrote a thing for yourself? I would say probably elementary school when we'd have like these fun little like make your own little book things and they're all like these little picture books and whatnot yeah. Oh, yeah. and yeah. I would go yeah. so far over the top ridiculous with them because I mean my, my, my influence is growing I was watching like universal horror movies and stuff when I was like four or five oh, years cool. old so I was I've always been into like weird sort of shit like that I've always taken to it um so these these little picture books we draw would be just like I'd be walking along, going to school, and then here comes a monster, and the monster just wreaks havoc on everything for really no reason. But that's that's where it started, and I'm pretty sure my mother still has a whole bunch of them saved, so I can dig those out at any point in time and reminisce. But, that's um, awesome. That is that's awesome. So yeah, that's I definitely yeah. have those too. Uh, we <laughs> have the same kind of things. We have like a young authors conference. I, and uh, we would make kind of books like that, too. So, yeah, the fact that your mom has that, that's awesome. Mm -hmm. that's so great. So, yeah, like I said, I, I always had sort of an active imagination. And that's where – that was, like, the only <laughs> place where I could do it, that and with my action figures. And that was about it. That's where I would create my own little, my own little world. I've always, I've always sort of been an escapist. And I've been, uh, I'm going to tell this you know I'm gonna tell this story with you I'm gonna tell the story real quick. I'm oh, sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, go, Greg. No, no, oh, my bad. Hold on, Andy. He's got a story. Greg, go for it. <laughs> We um, this imagination. Um, so, like, my mother loves telling this one to people. Um, when I was, like, probably four or five years old, probably younger, like, three or four, we used to live at my grandma's house, which is really sort of nestled, which used to be really sort of nestled back in the woods there. And uh, we're in that small little town, right? Yeah. And um, so I would just take this giant fishing net and just flop it over myself and sit with this fishing net over myself. <laughs> And kind of just stare and just stare off. And she's, I don't remember doing this, but she said I would sit there for like two hours sometimes. She's like, I have no idea what the hell you were ever thinking. No idea. And then I would just get out of the net and then go about my day. Wow. And that's really, so yeah, so I'm kind of, that, that sounds. You don't remember doing it. That's what makes it so funny to me is that you don't remember doing it. Yeah, so it sounds really weird when I say it out loud, but I mean, that's kind of where. It started, so I was, I was my guess is that I was just like making stuff up. I was probably just making stuff up in my head, and then I would just draw about it or, you know, reenact it with Batman and Macho Man Randy Savage. That's about it. Wow, that's awesome. And it's so it's interesting because I feel like I relate to you in that regard. Like sometimes it's just random stuff that happens in my head. And I'm like, you know what? Let me write about it, even though I don't know what the fuck I'm writing. And then I'll look back sometimes. I'm like, wait, I wrote this? Like, this is very interesting <laughs> stuff. I don't know where my mind was at when I wrote it, but it was very interesting to look back at stuff like that. And mm -hmm. actually just like, wow, this is interesting. You know, because uh, one thing I understood too, um, and I've had a, another poet tell me this, it feels like it's from outside. Like, even though it's not from outside, it's from inside of us, but it feels like it's from outside, if that makes mm -hmm. sense. So with that being said, because um, I know you have a, a a second book coming out, but before mm. we talk about the second book, um, walk us to the process of your first book, so we could, you know, so we could have an idea of yeah. Like, what was the situation? That yeah, yeah. Thank you, thank you, Angela. I'm sorry because I somehow had a tongue twister there, and then well, also that's, that's perfect. I also think maybe it might be a good idea. Although this seems like you have pieces pulled already for our second book. I think mm. it might be a good idea to hear something from you too right now. I think that our readers, our hearers, our listeners might want to hear a, a Greg piece right now. Um, oh, okay. So okay, sure. If you'd like me to. Greg piece. Now, this is from the second book, and then let's go in. So, let's share some of Greg writing and we can get into that. Because, again, we okay. got some of the influences as far as like scenes that will, things we might hear or interpret as we're hearing your voice, but we might even. Now that we got a little bit of your um, background influences, we might be able to see where those seeds have were sowed. So, mm -hmm. okay, what do you got for us? What's the first piece we're going to be getting into? Yeah, today? yeah, that's yeah. And I was gonna, <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, I was going to say, okay. So once you read your first piece and talk about the piece, then um, let's talk about the first book because I have a question to ask when you're done with that because this is pretty awesome. This is interesting stuff you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, well, well, I'm glad I'm not boring the shit out of you guys. That's always a good sign. Nah, dude. <laughs> No, we never, we never get fucking bored. These people are fucking great. Our okay, just, are fucking awesome, so. 
And just real quick, am I? You can understand me because sometimes I do this thing where in the Northeast we talk and like five words become one. I do that a lot sometimes. So as long as you can understand me, uh, I can slow I it down a little bit. You loud and cr- no, I, I, listen, if y'all need to tell me if y'all understand me. <laughs> all right. Listen, I'm the most socially me. awkward person on the planet, so no, it's all no, good. Andy, no, Andy, I think I get that one. No, I think we're both on the same level, I think, because my wife has to shush right. me sometimes. Well, your mind, well, your wife met me, and she she definitely knows I'm too loud. <laughs> All right, go ahead, Greg. So, Greg, what's the piece that we're going to hear about first? And again, everybody who's uh, paying attention now, or obviously this is going to be replayed, um, you can get this piece along with uh, many others in uh, Greg's second book, which will be available on Amazon on April 4th. That's uh, really soon. Uh, mm-hmm. So, let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so this one is called Every Hour on the hour. It goes like this. He looked over from his recliner to the clock on the wall that loomed over him like the chaplain that escorts the condemned. 9.30, he thought to himself, defeated. Off to bed soon. And it was such a nice weekend, too. Fuck. He did not get up to move to the bed. Instead, he remained seated. Sadness washed over him. A great, overwhelming wave of sadness that was soon followed by an equally large wave of dread. All those applications, he thought to himself. All those interviews this past month. They went nowhere. Meaningless. Fucking meaningless. After roughly ten minutes, he finally rose and walked. Shuffled, rather, like a sad old man, sixty years his senior, towards his bed. He stared at the unmade bedding, and a terrible numbness overtook him to the point he thought he felt his knees buckle. He finally got undressed and laid down, and stared at the ceiling in sorrow before shutting his eyes. I swear he said aloud to nothing but empty space. At the rate I'm going, the only way I'll escape this job is when I escape this life. He hardly slept. He had a nightmare that was nothing more than a bad day at work. No monsters, no death, just a bad day. He then proceeded to wake up every hour on the hour for the next six hours until his alarm went off at 4.30, and the week could begin fresh and new. He didn't have it in him to even turn the alarm off. Instead, He wept. It then occurred to him he was all out of sick days, and he wept some more. End scene. Wow. Bro, let me tell you, man. (laughs) I thought there's a Will Ferrell movie that I was thinking about when you were reading this. And I got to say, I don't know if you know, but you have a good narrating voice, like a voice for radio. I don't know if you really. I definitely hear that. Oh, my God. Okay, so remember what? Remember when I said I skipped a couple years to my second foray in college? Well, my my first one, I uh, actually studied broadcasting. Yes. Uh, okay. <laughs> so that's where the communications came from, right? Yeah. So I, I originally wanted to be – I was going to be the next Howard Stern. But oh, that, now. Okay. That, well, that, that, that didn't quite pan out. Hey, you <laughs> might – I think late. you might be inspiring hey. something, by the way. I'm just yeah. saying. Yeah. We're always looking I for expansion. Really yeah. Ah, that would be cool. But um, absolutely, I just gotta say, um, I felt that one for sure. As somebody who knows the day in and day out, the never-ending uh, coming of Monday from the weekend and not having enough sick days and all, just you're never gonna get out of that. You definitely created that atmosphere, and it definitely, like you said, and I said definitely too many times, but I really mean this. <laughs> I Greg, say definitely a lot too. <laughs> but I don't even really worry about did it. Did completely create that story atmosphere where. Even though we, you know, we're considering this, you know, narrative poetry, it really mm-hmm. does come off more as like a snippet in time, and you and it's relatable to that character. Yeah, we mm-hmm. all. I mean, a lot of us have been trapped in this. You know, that's kind of our human experience. That was me five years ago. Like when I lived that's in New now, York. Man. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. Uh, um, th- but there's a Will Ferrell movie that reminded me of as you're reading that. Um, oh, you know, I man, you knew what I was talking about. I, I am done. I'm done. Yeah. How did you know I was down? That's pretty because good. Because there was a narration of the, it's a yes. story, it's a narrative story. Exactly At least he like didn't die. Day. At least he didn't and die. The clock. <laughs> and there was a watch in that story as well. Have you seen that Stranger Than Fiction, Greg? I know of it. I am not the biggest Will Ferrell fan. I got a love with you, but I know That's of okay. that movie. That's okay. But that okay. particular movie is so actually not bad, though. Mm-hmm. No, it's, not, it's totally the anti-Will Ferrell movie. It's uh, nah, okay. <laughs> but, but still, 
and you don't have to see it. The very point is you captured the same essence as that, what they did in Hollywood. So congratulations. On yeah, that. that's oh, pretty thank good. You. That's, oh, man. that's what we're saying. That's what we're saying. It's that level. Um, oh, so, I'll take any phrase I can get. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, well, hey, Andy, that's the clip for the for the advertisement. Yes, there you go. <laughs> mark, mark the Whoop, time. There it that's, is. That's going to be the snippet for the reel of how we compare it to Hollywood. You know, nice. oh, they, God. they came up short. <laughs> Greg came up higher than the, the reality of Hollywood. Word. Hey, they're short. not ready. You know, Hollywood isn't it. ready for you, man. That's what it is. No. They're not ready. So <laughs> nah, we're nah. So um. um first one is called uh we live like kings and yes that one is still available on amazon just the physical copy right now but it is still available awesome so what uh andy you had a question about the first book didn't you um yeah but no but you you already kind of answered it without you already asked <laughs> i did it. yeah he he kind of answered it before i even asked the question so it's all good well, now. I thought, I no, no. Like, so, how did you okay. Come up with the first book. Like, why are you <laughs> yeah, like the come name. Up with the book in the first place. Oh, sorry. What was that question? I didn't hear that one. Like, so you, so coming from, like, we're talking like you're already working on your second book. Like, we went from <laughs> somebody who was playing with WWE action figures, <laughs> kind of dicking around with his imagination. I don't know <laughs> if you guys heard earlier. He used to sit out and stare in the yard with this and that on top of him, doing nothing. <laughs> And then, like, so-and-so, you put a book together. How did that come along? Like, why, what made you go from this, like, oh, hey, guy, hey, do you know you have a talent in this, to actually putting your own collection of work out? And um, who did you go through um, as far as actually putting that out? Because that's kind of, like, my mission this year is to figure out mm -hmm. how I'm going to do my own thing. And mm -hmm. I learned from you guys. So what, what made you do this? That's kind of a big deal, Greg. That's kind of a big fucking deal to put your own fucking book out there. I mean, I'm I'm modest to a fault, and I'm way too hard on myself, so I'll I'll never agree with that. But <laughs> you don't have to agree with me; I can be right regardless. What made you do it? Um, well, once I got all that, you know, the the praise and the encouragement, I was like, all right, let me let me, I'll try it. And I, you know, I just I wrote a whole bunch of stuff, and uh, over the years, um, mm -hmm. a lot of it when I worked at when I worked at FedEx, and I had my uh, my little office Ooh. foray there. Um, like, so you're so I know, obviously Burkowski worked at a post office too, I think, in his career too. Um, um I, I actually t I got that influence actually from from Carver because I re I read somewhere in an essay he wrote mm -hmm. that he used to he used to be a janitor and when he was done working he'd hide in the closet and write. So uh, that's cool. <laughs> I was like, yeah, he can do it. I just like that the common human, and I'm gonna say human, mm -hmm. really seem to be a lot of male um, influences in general. Not there's not a lot of kind of what happened it was like i had a whole bunch of stuff stockpiled and i was like let me clean them up put them together and i was like i don't know where the hell i'm actually even gonna go for this this is like again like five six years ago okay uh, a friend of mine encouraged me to like write the instagram slides and start posting them i was like mm -hmm. i mean okay i don't know the first i think about instagram other than you know people like to show off stupid shit that they don't really do on it um right. <laughs> so so yeah Absolutely. i would start so I would do I would do these slides and I'd start posting these slides and eventually I mean I do not have that many followers I really don't. I think I don't even think I have five hundred 
but I have this core group of people who have been there since pretty much day one. Mm -hmm. And they always, they kind of kept me going. Like, you know, I'm going to do it for these people. And I get, I would get, you know, encouragement from people saying, don't get discouraged. Just do it because yeah. you love it. And you that's like, that. that's what I kept telling myself, do it because I love it. Um, and Mark, I got to tell you that the research team um, did come back. You do have over 500 followers. So, oh, wow. Correct. Okay. You do have over 500. That is, the research team has uh, come back with a. a <laughs> we don't have a research team, Angela. So, come on. I'm the research team, dude. I'm the research yeah, team. So, so, if we half those from people who are still alive or exist in reality, right. and then you half. Right. You, gotta, you, can't, you can't feed yourself off of Instagram and, and no. any of that. You've got to do it for the work, and that's the point. And I, I'm glad that you were not discouraged. So, you continue nah, it, to do that, and what yeah, happened after that? Um, honestly, I stumbled on, well, no, I didn't stumble on him. She stumbled on me. Um, mm -hmm. Andy knows her, Tara. He just interviewed Tara, her the other day. Oh, we just interviewed, yeah, Tara Caribou. Uh, she, she stumbled, she stumbled onto me. I, I noticed that, like, somebody had liked, like, 30 pieces of mine. I'm like, what the hell? And then it was, it was Tara. And I was like, well, I have no idea who this is. So I'm going to see if they're a real person. <laughs> yeah, catfishing um, is real sometimes, man. You can't, she is uh, a real angel. Yes, yes. <laughs> she is a real god. god yeah. Um, so yeah, so I checked out her info, and it said she publishes. And I'm like, well, shit. I, I got this. I've been sitting on this one little manuscript for like a year and a half because I had been I shifted to different people. I'm talking okay. like I, I, I got. I'm gonna get real. I'm gonna try not to get mad here, but I, no, I got. Hey, listen. This you is. Got, I, listen, this is reality. <laughs> No, no, yeah, I was I got... gonna say, I'm sorry, um, before I, my bad, um, I, one, no, thing I, one thing I'm gonna say is, um, about this platform, hey, listen, this mm. is your space, as, it, the, the, the slogan I always go by is a place for, a uh, safe space for your voice to be heard, so say whatever you wish, <laughs> uh, if you wanna curse, you could curse, you wanna... Mm. Additionally, Greg, we as the audience who also are new to your experience, we need to know what the fucking reality is, and that's uh, part of it. Like, yeah, because the grass ain't always green. Yeah, part of the reason a lot of us stayed away is because we are we're fearful of our own rejections, mm. and rejection is just a natural part of the process, and that's what a lot of our previous interviewers have said. So yeah, you get fucking pissed. They were fucking wrong. <laughs> well, um, no, because I mean. I would always, I would, I saw all these, like, all those chat book publishers really piss me off, to be honest with you, because they always say, they all say the same thing. They all say, we're for, you know, the working person. We're for the, the voice that's not her. All sorts of bullshit like that. And every single one, I'm not going to name names or anything, but Don't every single, names, but you can tell me later. <laughs> every single one oh, God. that I, that I asked you know, help for. I'm like, hey, I'm new to this, or hey, I got some stuff here. They uh -huh. either ignore me, they deny me, up, up and fucking down. And wow. that's, that's the thing that cool. really. That's why I'm glad there's people like you guys who are taking like anybody, any whatever your style is, whatever your background is, whatever, whatever you know your personality is, because yeah. these fucking these these self publishers that I've uh -huh. noticed, mm -hmm. they're circle jerks. It's people who got together. It's like four or five people who got together and said, hey, let's publish ourselves and fuck everybody else. With the illusion okay. that we're we're they're here for you, every, yeah. so, but they're here, okay, but no, they're there like, for I themselves. Like yeah, but they're okay. they're there for themselves, and no, I just I like it was that just... you're saying it. I like that you're saying it. I'm not. I don't mm -hmm. like what they are doing. I'm saying I like that you're saying it, and that's the point. And that's what it is. But I, no one really talks about that honest, enough. No, it's like you're not the only person that feels that way, and yeah. you don't have those people expressing that opinion where other people could be like, "That was also my experience." Then we're not going to know that. Like there's one, there's one guy. So, I'm sorry. There's there's one guy. Um, Tara fucking actually. She did. A, she posted something saying, uh, "Got my got my book mail in today." And it was this motherfucker who completely ignored me. I've read him. He's he's garbage. If I wanted to read crappy Charles Bukowski, I'd read crappy Charles Bukowski. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just like, okay. this. I I flat out. I'm like, this guy's an asshole. Uh -huh. Actually, I think I said I think I said worse than that. But my mother's probably listening, so I'm not gonna say that. Um. Uh but uh, but it's that it's I'll those it kind clean. of people. I'll keep it clean. <laughs> it's it's those kind of people that sort of dominate the the quote unquote Instagram writers community or whatever. Because right. and you gotta remember, people who consider themselves artists are some of the most pretentious, snobby, elitist motherfuckers on the planet. Absolutely, and, of course. I think that's part of it. And I our, our do not. So good. It's better yeah, than and I do not like. 
Nah, mm-hmm. but we, and I do not like tribal things. mentality. I don't like tribal mm-hmm. mentality in general. Mm-hmm. So seeing all of these different quote-unquote publishers and whatnot, what they were putting out is like, you, you guys are literally, literally no better than I am. I, and, you know, no, I actually told, but yeah. I had this, you know, I met uh, Andy a couple of days ago. We talked, I said, sometimes you got to have, think you have the biggest swinging dick in the world. So sometimes I think that I have the biggest swinging dick in the world and that I'm, I'm untouchable. I think you kind of have to. Too, Greg. Greg, I always think I got the biggest swinging dick in the world. <laughs> Greg. <laughs> I, I can see that. <laughs> you just you just plop it down, don't you? I'm done. I am done. You just you just You just walk in the room and plant it, don't you? You just walk in the room and plop it right on the table. But uh, uh. <laughs> but yeah, but no, get, getting back, getting back. Um, oh. No, sometimes you have to have that that ego. You have to have that swagger. Yeah. I think in order to to get anywhere in this in this sort of line of work or hobby. Them, oh, I agree shit. with you, Greg. Because you gotta believe that your shit is so good. Why wouldn't you pass up on my shit? Because again, exactly, I and struggle that's... too. Because Greg, as much as I talk about my big dick, I'm just as insecure, if not more so, than anybody else here. Mm. I'm pretty oh, I struggle with low self-esteem, even though I hide it, but I do struggle with low self-esteem. Yeah. I, even though I kind of hide it, but like people who know me on a personal level, they know I have very low self-esteem. I'm always the guy that like, nah, it's whatever, but really it is something kind of thing. Like, So I, I get it. I get what you guys are talking about because mm-hmm. it's like... It's easy for us to put ourselves down and, and like, okay, hey, this is cool and all that. And know? especially, Andy, when there are groups that are saying, hey, we're here to help you. And when you're coming out saying, hey, just can you answer a question for me? And they're fucking ignoring you. That's oh, bullshit. Oh, God. It is and bullshit. And that was your experience. No, and yeah. I'm glad. So I'm not, I'm glad came with through. Yeah. Tara came through. Because Tara came through, right, for you? Yeah. Yeah. That's um, what yeah. So she reached out to you, or no? She started kind of getting into your stuff, and you yeah. reached out. And then to I her. Right, let, let him talk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, she's not wrong. You're not wrong. I give you that. But um, so no, I emailed her and I said, um, hey, I do you do open submissions or is there like a cutoff or whatever? Because I've been sitting on this thing for like a year, and I got nowhere to nowhere to huff it to. And she's like, oh yeah, I'll, I'll totally have a read at it. And I was like, cool. So I sent it along, and like a few days later, she wrote me back. She's like. It would be my honor to publish this. I'm like, fucking wow. honor. Whatever. Dang. And like, it's a couple of days return. Wow. That's pretty, like, encouraging, too. Like, because you have that right away. Yeah. And I was like, holy shit, this is, this is cool. And obviously, I, I checked her out to make sure she was legit and not just, you know, a scam artist. Right. But uh, once I did, I was like, yeah, let's, you have my permission to do whatever the hell you want. This is, this is your area. I'm just kind of along for the ride here. And I'm lucky that after, However, X amount of years of just being discouraged and be like, hey, I don't, mm-hmm. let me, should I burn this shit? Should I mm-hmm. find a new hobby? That sort of thing. She kind of, she, I stumbled right into it. Stumbled right into it. And awesome. off to the races. <laughs> that's pretty much, yeah, off to the races. That's and, how it went. Yeah. And you said this was about five or six years ago when the whole process started. I'm sorry, what was that? You said uh, this first book, the process started about five or six years ago? Or? I mean, not specifically for this book. I mean, I, I started writing a whole bunch of shit like, over the course of like a decade but like really i started picking up steam and getting better and better and honing my honing the craft so to speak to the point where i was like okay i think i have my own style i think i have my own my own me now this is unquestionably me because i don't want to be like like i said a bad um, yeah i don't want to be i don't want to be a cover band that's why i see a lot of these Oh my yeah. god! You know what's crazy? I remember when we had um, remember, a junk Angela. A junk remember, junk. remember when we had uh, um, Arthur Wilhelm on the on the on the show on the on the show? Yeah, no, the, I don't the, remember. Wait, no, who? No, Arthur Wilhelm. Ah, you're funny. <laughs> uh-huh. yeah. No, so sorry, he Arthur, said. I'm sorry, Greg. Arthur was my first interview ever. That's why uh, that's funny to me. And then we already interviewed him twice. So, but the, I mean, the point Arthur's is. A, he, Okay, but the, mine, okay, but the point I'm trying to make is he said something very interesting that is related to what you said, mm-hmm. that people just do shit because it fucking looks cool and shit. Yeah. But you know what mm-hmm. it's like, it's like, you don't even know what the fuck this is. He has a, he has a, he has, a, he has like a, 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 a poem, recorded poem called, I drank bourbon older than you. Like, please, I've had, yes. I've had bourbon older than you. What the fuck are you kind of thing? It's the same uh, thing with any kind of culture. You see someone else, monkey see, monkey do. Oh yeah, it looks cool. Like, like a, like, like when you 
you wear a clothing name brand. Oh, I got I got Gucci too type shit. That's what that mm-hmm. is too. Any community, oh, because it, it looks cool, but like when it comes to the poetry, yeah, it's cool. So let me write pe- uh, poetry. But you don't really understand the emotion as to why we write what we and why we love to do what the fuck you do. So you just jump mm-hmm. on the bandwagon because it looks cool and it looks like a, a, a interesting situation. But in reality, you don't know dick. Like yeah, and no, and, and these groups and these groups create their own little elitist culture. Whether it's like you know the quote unquote punk rock working class poets who I think are the most mm-hmm. full of shit motherfuckers on the planet <laughs> or the other the, the other end of the spectrum full of shit motherfuckers which are like the suburbanites who uh-huh. can pay to go on these fucking writers retreats in the middle of wine country it's like well shit I would love to go on a writers retreat in the middle of wine country I, now, I can't afford I can't afford to do that what the fuck so, and you know yeah. I've never had like I never got that lucky sort of like you know how like some guys like some people are like, oh, I, in school, I, I met my mentor who was my college professor, and they pushed me. That didn't fucking happen for me. Yeah. I, I didn't have no, didn't have no mentor. <laughs> yeah, like, you like, like that. Like, you made your own way. You carved your own path through the stone, Greg. That's better than finding a mentor and having no fucking struggle. Well, uh, stop it. To, no, the ego is swelling. Talk. The, the no, ego is swelling easy. Well, hey, well, hey, well let's let the ego go and let's get another piece for book two so you got oh, another piece for us, right don't you let's i do keep the, let's keep the ego going let's hear some more from greg here um this is again from book two and then because after this let's talk about your journey post book one into holy shit we're doing it again greg's putting out a book <laughs> we can get it on april 4th um, all right up real soon so greg what's this piece what do we got for us now okay look this one is called the last son of krypton and it goes like this. We almost lost you last year when you passed out at the wheel and rolled a handful of times into a field where luckily there were no trees to hit or ponds to drown in. To this day, you still insist it was due to bad popcorn you ate at the movies and not on the fact that you've just finished a 6,000-mile road trip in less than a week. That's the first and only time I ever saw you scared. Hooked up to IVs and machines in the ER bed, not knowing why in Christ's name you were there. You're human, just like the rest of us. That's why you were there. Yet somehow you escaped a rollover with nothing but a black eye from an errant golf ball smacking you in the face. Yes, you easily run six miles a day and hike almost every other. Yes, you're healthier and look better than most men half your age, and you'll probably outlive me. And hell, that's a testament to yourself. But contrary to what you believe, you are in fact not the last son of Krypton. You're retired. Take it just a little easy. You're the only dad we got, and there's still many miles to go and many putts to sink. End scene. Nice. Yo. Oh, thank you. <laughs> wow. Talk to me about this piece. Come on. Um, okay, so a few years ago, my dad, um, that's a true story. My dad, um, he retired, and he's like, I'm going to go on a road trip. And he drove from New York out to, like, Wyoming, down down to new mexico across the south through arkansas and then back up the coast and he did it in less than a week because he didn't sleep because he didn't sleep he slept on the side of the road (laughs) and he slept on the side of the road and drank yeah Yeah. and and he didn't drink water because my dad doesn't believe in hydration so he just drank soda the entire time and uh so yeah he had this rollover because he he passed out at the wheel and he'd say you know and he wasn't saying, oh, you know, he he wouldn't admit, you know, to fatigue or weakness or anything. So you know, he's like, oh, the, the popcorn I had the movies must have been just bad. So I felt nauseous and I passed down. Like, okay, whatever, Dad. But um, so, so he had this nasty rollover. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Your dad must be some tough son of a bitch, huh? He's a tough guy. You wouldn't think it, but he is. He re- he really is. Um, well, if he's saying it's popcorn that caused that rollover and not his own exhaustion, I'd say he's pretty tough. Well, well that or he's uh, he'll he'll never admit to defeat. <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't concede lightly. He's that kind All right, of guy. Stubborn, stubborn. Right, he, oh God, yeah. Yeah, um, so he had that really nasty rollover, but he escaped, like, all injury. Like, he got did every single test possible. He had no blood clots, no nothing like that. So the only injury he had was a black guy from a golf ball smacking him in the face. Um, <laughs> wow. And, 
And the reference, I don't know if you know the, the reference, the last son of Krypton, that's um, another nickname for Superman. Yes, yes. Okay, so I don't know I understood if that, yeah. that escaped you. No. So it's just like, you know, take, take it easy. Take it easy. You know, you can, you can know. I ask a, a question? So both of the poems you said and seen, is that also what we see at the end of all your Oh, no, that's, that's just me out. telling you guys. That's oh, just me telling you guys I'm done. I didn't know. I didn't know. Oh, uh, I thought that was yeah, part of book the. Two. Yeah, let's talk about book two, because you said book one was a collection of kind of uh, Greg's works throughout the time that had been polished up and Tara mm -hmm. looked over and said, fuck, yeah, we're going to publish this shit. Um, mm -hmm. Book two, did you come in with a different kind of attitude or um, ideology? Like, do you have a theme for this one? Or is it just another uh, a really cool collection of your works? It's a little bit of all of that, actually. I mean, these a lot of these are archived. Or that have mm -hmm. come up with, uh, very few have I come up with uh, within the past, like, six months or anything. A lot of them are older ones that I liked that I, po that I posted. I, I always tell people, when you see whatever you see me post, those are like rough drafts that I just kind of cleaned up. Mm -hmm. And then the stuff you get in the book is, let me really try to go through this yeah. with a tooth comb. Um, let's be real, every piece of work is never, ever truly finished. <laughs> no, this God, no. True. No, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, so, so um, the as far as theme goes, I mean, the, the themes just kind of uh, came into themselves. Like the, the first book, I think, had a lot of... Um, a lot of nostalgia, but not like in a sappy way, just like looking back and wishing I could go back and be in a kid again, that sort of thing. Um, I came up with that. Actually, there's, do, do either of you watch Mad Men? I know, uh, I know. I've seen, seen some, I've seen some episodes. I mean, the notable episode, the notable okay, episode um, I know is the one where they were tripping on acid and shit. Like, I mean, that's a great, that's great. That's hilarious. But, um, <laughs> but you know, the show's about like, this shows about advertising yeah, executives and, and, and you know yeah. and you got you know Don Draper who's the who's the big king shit there. Yeah. And um so I, I sort of got the inspiration. When I whenever I write nostalgically, I come back to this scene from Mad Men where he's trying to sell them on um the Kodak carousel. You remember like the uh you you click it and it goes to the next slide? Yeah. Yes, um, yes, 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 So what he does is he takes all these pictures from his life and he starts at like the present and he works his way to like his first kid being born and his wedding. But as he's giving his speech, he's saying how nostalgia comes from Greek, which means like, uh, I'm paraphrasing here, like okay. uh, picking a, picking a, like a, picking a wound. And it brings us back to this time that it hurts to go back there because we wish it could be as that moment. And right. that's kind of where I, whenever I write, nostalgically or like I'm longing for something from back in the day, I try to, that's what I gun for. Cause it's not so supposed to be yeah. sappy. Yeah. It's I don't not, like. It's supposed to leave you with a sense of aching. Exactly. And that's what I gun for like there. Like dull tooth pain because you, you want it back to that moment. Cause yes. you can't have it, but it's, we're yeah. happy to remember it, but it's not in our physical possession for fuck. I'm so pissed off. I want that so bad. Exactly. Kind of what you're going for. I think mm -hmm. that's incredible. I think that's exactly what you are creating with some of the <laughs> writing that we've heard so far tonight. I mean, definitely, if anybody out there hasn't had an opportunity to look through your work, they definitely need to get into that. Oh, um, thank cause you. Because that's, that's what we're hearing from uh, our friend Greg here, is that you're going to get that <laughs> feeling of nostalgic longing. Mm -hmm. It's beautiful, but at the same time, I almost wish I didn't have that drink because the drink mm -hmm. is gone. And now I can't have it anymore. Yep. I mean, at least that's what I, that's a, that's what I gun for. That's what I gun for. And if that's what you get from it, then then awesome. I think you're doing a good job. Uh, what do you think, oh. Andy? You think you're getting that? I think that's hitting me over here. The best yeah. kind of feeling. No, no, no. I especially just... the, can I be honest too, Greg? And then I'll let Andy talk. No, um, go ahead. Especially when you said with your dad getting hit with the golf ball, that really kind of really set uh, my dad is. I felt my dad in that piece because my dad is <laughs> retired. He worked 30 years for a, a life insurance agency. I'm uh, having to take care of my mom pretty much full time. And he's, he's old. He was born in 1941 before World War II, before Pearl Harbor. He was actually born on oh, a former wow. Marine. But he mm -hmm. was never that Marine as my father because he was older when he had me. But again, he retired and got, the only thing he fucking loves is golf. And so the fuck that there's yep. a golf ball hitting your dad in the eye, and that's all the you know the injury it was. That just it really kind of actually 
sewed up my feeling with attaching to my own paternal um, mm -hmm. family. So again, even though you didn't necessarily set out to do that, it's hitting that mark. So whether it's hitting, you know, your own story or connecting mm -hmm. other readers to their own connections with their own fathers. I mean, that's again, that's that longing nostalgia, which is kind of your voice oh, that you're saying tonight. Yeah. But that's the so, way So Andy, what did you have to, to say? No, no, I'm, I'm just, I just love to listen to the conversation. So it's great. Um, <laughs> No, that's, Andy, that's like the, the no, no, th that's the way it's supposed to be. Like you're saying, like, let's say if, if maybe that's, that's how that, okay. Like, like when you wrote your piece about your mm -hmm. father, right? Okay. This is what you experienced. Right. But like, I can read that piece and it could relate to me in a way or speak to me in a way that maybe if let's say Angela wrote it, I mean, read it, she, it speaks to her differently than how it spoke to me. But the fact that there's a common connection there, that this piece spoke to us in those ways. Right, and mm -hmm. as far as the stubbornness and not admitting that he was wrong, my father was the same exact way. You know, God rest his soul now, but he was mm -hmm. very like he refused, especially coming from like a nineteen mm fifties -hmm. Puerto Rican. Unfortunately, and Greg, right. his dad was a poet too. Mm -hmm. yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, but he never, like, even though he never had anything published, but I think, but <laughs> I used to, but it's like the whole stubbornness, the whole, okay, I, I don't know what you're talking about. It was this or it was that. I'm just like, okay, dad. Like, it, so, like, it, it all makes sense. Just the stubbornness behind it, not admitting, pretty much accepting defeat as being an option because they mm -hmm. always have to be right all the time. My way or yeah. there's no way. Mm -hmm. And I will say, Greg, you did bring up something that has been a pretty much a common debate amongst uh, most of our poets uh, that have come through our interviewing doors is, mm -hmm. can we really write a happy poem that will be well received? It seems like a lot of us want that. <laughs> I that, wonder um, why yeah. that is. Because I can pick out a happy one if you want. Oh, we got, oh, Greg, Greg's got the, oh, he's got the, the first. Hammer, so we'll throw it well, I, I mean, I can, I can look for one. I don't, I don't know if I can actually just, uh, well, next time you guys go on a, I mean, next time you guys go on a tangent, I could probably look for one. Uh, let me oh, see. Well, I can go on a tangent any second of the day. Greg, so. <laughs> of course. Oh, uh, God. I'm, I'm rummaging through my pages here trying to see if I do. What is a good happy one here? It's uh, so rare to find a happy Greg, one, Is it though. happy or is it happy with that longing nostalgia? No, no, no. I have some, I have some happy some, ones. Like, candy, as long as it's not for real bullshit, we're bubble? good, right? What the, wait, what? No, nah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me see here. Wait, candy and bubblegum. I don't mean, I don't mean, I mean I... bubblegum has been fake and fake or nasty, but like, you again, mean like Britney Spears ish? Poets... No, I'm just saying. How that's bubblegum. That's that Mickey Mouse shit. I don't know about I'm just all saying. that. I think, I, I... I think it's possible, Greg. I think it is possible to have a really good bubblegum piece, but. I I think I found one. I think I found one. I think I found one. Greg's got a happy bubblegum piece. Let's hear it. Greg, right, okay. Greg, so this Greg. is this is actually from the uh, the first book. Oh, uh, we, we got a first nice, book. nice. <laughs> this is called this is called um, the crack of a bat. So it goes like this. Already feeling happy already. <laughs> okay, so too many poets, writers, artists, and other creative types believe all their inspiration and works must come from the depths of the heart and the soul. Sadness, heartbreak, overcoming obstacles, debauchery finding oneself, this, that, and the other. Though I am as guilty as the next guy or gal of finding inspiration in life's garbage heap, it doesn't always need to be like that. And that's not where this poem comes from. Not today. Today, this poem comes from looking outside my window on a late spring day. I'll write about how there's just the right amount of cloud cover to let out just the right amount of sun. That there's just the perfect amount of breeze to carry the freshness of the season and all of life so that when you close your eyes, you think you're at Fenway Park or Camden Yards, and you can swear on your mother you could hear the crack of a bat somewhere off in the distance. Yes, I am tired and frustrated and exhausted and full of my own life's hatreds. Not today, though. Today, I'm happy to say the heart is contented. Done. Wow, I like that. That is awesome. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> wow, that was pretty happy, man. I liked it. I, like, I definitely need to see that again. I, I need to rewrite, read that again to really get the essence of that, the, the uh, positivity that you're able to assess there. What? I mean, that's what... I want to see that in print. Well, I do. I, mean, I, I guess I told you, I'm, I like to consider myself a, a muser and an observer. And that one comes from 
I, I have this little Porsche outside my apartment where I, I just, during the nice months, I sit there and that's what I do. I sit there and I smoke my pipe or I, I get stoned yeah, or yeah. I drink there. That's, all right, there we and go. that's all I do is I just stare yeah. off my porch and I think and I observe it. That's where that one came from. So any right, of the good I on a, a, a rock, I sit on a porch swing in the middle of the night with my headphones and, a, and a, basically a couple of joints. So oh, beautiful. I hear yeah. You. There you go. We, we got crazy. the same, we got, we got like the same writing style. You know, I, I, live <laughs> in a, I, I live in a house myself too and there's, there's nothing like a porch. There's something about the porch, I have to say. It's like mm-hmm. once you're there, you, you start, like your thoughts just start running, especially if it's nice, quiet and stuff like that. And, mm-hmm. and then you just start writing shit. Like there's nothing like a porch. Especially in the well, summertime, man. Yep. And whenever I'm out there, I always have a, I always have a notebook and a pen just in case I think of something. And I'm like, oh wow, I better same remember that one. Here, yeah, same here. <laughs> yeah, I just listen up and see what things get yelled in my ear. <laughs> yep. Awesome. Oh my gosh. So that's awesome. So I like the fact that it's not all necessarily. We're not gonna say doom and gloom because I like the longing nostalgia mm-hmm. that as the terminology for the theme longing nostalgia but yeah we can it's just again it's like a little slice of life that that uh, mm-hmm. short story uh your your uh yeah and um like the updike and the it comes from a it actually it comes from uh, one of my favorite john updike quotes and it was one of those big things that made me go uh-huh. oh let me keep that in mind when i write is um his whole goal was to give he said to give the the mundane it's beautiful do mm-hmm. and that goes just there there's there's a story in everything you know, you don't have to, oh, nothing, yeah. dra- nothing dramatic needs to happen. Nothing dramatic needs to happen. Yeah. And I remember, I think it's a uh, Chekhov quote where he says, action doesn't happen in an action-oriented way. It, the family could be sitting, having family dinner, and lives could be falling apart, and it's all internal. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's really where the action is. It's not, not a lot of people like that minimalist, ambiguous mm-hmm. style, but I... I, I take to it, man. I, I absolutely love it. I think that's where you get the real the real emotion from. Not you know, people confuse rawness with emotion. You okay. know, any any I, that's just my opinion. Any idiot can write something raw. I can write something with just peppered with curse words and graphic anything. But there's no skill to that. And like I said, any idiot can do that. So but to really like op- let yourself open up and bleed like Hemingway said. Mm-hmm. That's where, at least where I, from my own experience, that's where the realness comes from. That's where you get um, the emotion from. And I think if people feel that, if it's sincere, then you could write three lines and it could be the best thing that they've read all day. Yes. I struggle with the minimalist as far as verbosity goes. Mm-hmm. Uh, verbosity, I can't be simple <laughs> and write very simply, but I do believe that there is power and complexity in simplicity. And that is, mm-hmm. that's really my jealousy. I want to be able to write simply and complexly. I just can't <laughs> do it yet. I'm a uh-huh. word vomit artist. Um, and my vomit is very colorful, perhaps. I don't know. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think everything you said was very profound. And I think it was important. And I'm glad that you were able to express that. Because Andy, don't you think that's exactly uh, where you've been saying that too? Everybody has a story. And that's really what Andy's mission has been with our whole little podcast is Mm -hmm. hearing from people like you. Like, I feel so honored today that we get to continue to interact with such great, um, you know, writers, creators, artists, poets, just as yourself. Because again, I think you had a lot of really good, important uh, story that, you know, not everybody shared. And Mm. again, most of our writers like, yeah, I knew from Jump Street, I was going to be a writer. And I just happened to have a side job or you know, I did this, I did that, I did this, and I did that. But again, we don't know who you are until we get to meet you. And I appreciate hearing this backstory. Andy, continue with this incredible conversation. What do you got for me, Andy? Uh, yeah, you pretty much just stole the show, Angela. <laughs> no, um, it's interesting, though, because it's so true what you said. Everybody has a story to tell. It's just a matter well, of... Well, you said that, Andy. Where, yeah, but it's like... But to add on to what you're saying, though, it's like I, I pretty much wanted to provide the space where we can all tell each other some stuff because, let's be honest, it might not mean nothing now, but years down the road, they'll be like, oh, I remember watching this or I remember listening to this. It's like... And it seems like podcasting is definitely the thing and the fact that it's interesting because this podcast or community, uh, I guess community has been through a lot because it's been through a lot of rebranding changes until 
I guess it was one of those, you know, when something starts, you got to go through the growing pains and shit like that. And that's pretty much what this is. And I think Unraveled Influence just made sense. Like, we have a lot of influence to unravel. And it just makes sense that, you know, to just reach out because, I mean, I don't want to, I hate, I you know, because I, I know what it's like to not have a place or not being provided to something. But if I can be the one that provides and then here we are telling each other stories relating and pretty much breaking bread if, if put it that way and, and i think that's an awesome mm -hmm. thing there's nothing wrong with that and um i mm -hmm. just wish there was more of this you know but hopefully i can be the beginning aspect of the bridge and hopefully we can inspire others to do the same but one thing mm -hmm. i've learned and i've learned this recently i've learned this from other poets too it sucks that even though it's meant for everybody, unfortunately, it can't be for everybody. Because let's be real, what all it takes is if you give it to everybody, then somebody fucks it up, and then everything gets <laughs> fucked up, and this and, and it sucks. Yeah. We forget mm -hmm. why we're why, here. Yeah, and no, I yeah. think that's what uh, Greg said earlier when at the beginning when he said just yeah, exactly. don't be frustrated. We gotta do it for the work, and that's what I'm here for. We're here for the art. Uh, so, mm -hmm. Greg, after this book, which, again, our everybody out there can get on April 4th. Um, again, April 4th is when we get the second book. You can still get the first book now. Um, you don't have to wait for the first book if you're interested here for our friend <laughs> Greg. But um, what's next after the second book? Because um, I know we're run, we're getting short on our time together. Is there like a theme to each of your books, or was it just random posts well, you we, put together for both well, books, the first and Andy, the second? And he said that he has a collection of all of his works as kind of an archive, but the second book seemed to be a collection of archive poems, but also set, to, set also to hit kind of that uh, nostalgia, uh, longing nostalgia right. in the, the second book, but it's an archive of past poems. Yeah. yeah, and the second one, the second one is interesting. As, as I was working on it, that's when the theme sort of showed itself. And this it one... arise as it was going, as you were piecing the pieces together, the theme of came out in as you're doing yeah. it. is that what you're saying this, here? Yeah, this this one is a lot I cuz I wrote this one during a uh time of uh personal uh, I don't want to say that cuz it makes me sound dramatic. I don't want to say personal no, no, crisis no. It's but okay. we we have uh, we're human here. We all know what that means. Um okay. no, I was I was going through a, It was a period of uh yeah, crises and I guess uh growth. A lot of yes. a lot of hurt, healing, and growth. That you know, those those big three. Somebody once recently just told me that our voice usually is found when we're at like the bottom of like like the, mm -hmm. the this is at that point. Our yeah, found at the bottom of it all. So good, mm -hmm. I'm glad. And but obviously, that part is over now. Actually, right? no. <laughs> well, okay, well, never mind. I'm so sorry. That means it's no, no, no. That's that means you're good. good. Coming. Good it's 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 still coming. Yeah. Um. But I'm so. Anyways. Um. I'm sorry. You know, you're good. You're good. Um, I thought, uh, where, where was I? My oh, life yeah. sucks too right now. Hey, my life sucks too right now. Cheers. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, as I was writing this, I noticed that a lot of my pieces came around the, the theme of, like, letting go and acceptance mm -hmm. and trying to move forward, which is impossibly difficult for me to do as a person. I am awful at letting things go. But it got to a point where I'm like, I fucking have to do that. Mm -hmm. Is it because of your father? Is it because your father might be stubborn also? I, mean, <laughs> I, I have no I, doubt. I think, I think there's right, no right, question. There's no question that I'm, I'm my father's my son. This is in psychology. My bachelor's <laughs> is in psychology, if it helps. Oh, no, I, I, I mean, there's no question I'm my father's <laughs> son. <laughs> no, but you know what's interesting? I think it is definitely generational because it wasn't until my son was born. And, you know, he's four now. And, mm -hmm. and like, I look back at him. I look at back at that. And I can't help but to wonder, is interesting. No, 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 yeah. So I find it very interesting that once you have your own child, or at least in my experience, I've learned more about myself than I've learned about myself in my entire life because I have mm -hmm. a child, because I am married, because I have a wife. And I mean, well, obviously I had a wife, but yeah. you know, and it's just interesting well, to see like there's certain aspects of myself and I look back and I'm like, wow, I've inherited a lot of my dad's bad habits that I'm like, okay, I really got to change. But you said something very interesting and I struggle mm -hmm. with that myself and it's acceptance and letting go because mm -hmm. one of the biggest struggles I've had, even though it's not as bad now, but for my pretty much the entirety of my life is accepting the answer that's given to me and then letting mm -hmm. go of the fact that I can't accept it. It's like, oh, but why? I just help me understand. And the thing is, I have to accept the fact that, you know what? 
you're never going to have the answers to every fucking question you have. And that is the struggle that I struggle with for no, exactly. a long time. And it's hard. And, and like, no, we, yeah. all, we, we, we mean well. We, we really just want to understand so we can grow. But sometimes when we act out of emotion, it comes out so differently. And then it's just like, what the fuck, you know? But like mm-hmm. you said, acceptance and letting go, it, it's it, that, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm not sure that's for everybody, but I think for me, I think because also for us men, we're just so mm. prideful in that way. It's like, okay, no, but it has to be another way. And sometimes there isn't just another way sometimes. So mm-hmm. it's interesting. Yeah, men. Gosh, men. <laughs> No, it's true though, because us men, let's be honest, we're not always going to be willing to really humble ourselves to really accept the fact that. Men are not humble. Oh, God, no. It's possible. It's just, it's hard. I mean, you have to really be put in a situation that humbles you in order for you to humble yourself, if that makes sense. And it's it's, it's a hard journey. Preach, Andy. Preach on the men, please. Every time I've been. Yeah. Every time I've been humbled, I've hated it. But afterwards, I'm glad it's happened. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Okay, I don't like to be humbled either, friends. I don't like to be humbled at all. But yeah, I, I remember. But women mature faster than men. Cool. But yeah, women mature faster than men. Oh, yeah. Without question. Andy, you just say something, too, though. Um, experience is life's greatest teacher. And as well as somebody who teaches high school in my real life, I can say that for a certainty that, yeah, experience is going to really, that's where you're going to learn. It's mm-hmm. your own experience. Yeah. But keep in mind, um, pride operates in silence, though, first. That's something I've learned, too. Pride operates inside before it comes outside. Observe, mm. sense. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, yeah, so this is... Um, so what is next for Greg, though? Greg, yes, are you going to be putting a collection of third What's, books? I would, um, like, um, I would like to. I still have plenty of stuff to comb through. I would also... I, I also want to get started on, like... I have, like, short fiction, short story ideas up the ass that I haven't even yes. gotten like halfway through. Cause that's, that's a whole different process. Um, so why haven't you dived over there? Because I've been working on these and I have my other job and uh, all sorts of bullshit excuses, but it's, oh, cause of life, cause of, but, okay. but it's, it's, it's something that I, it's like I said, it's a different process. Cause I have to like, I'm writing differently because if I have to like have dialogue in it or, how do you want to tell the timeline? You know, there's, there's a whole lot. Of, I have to sit down and think a little bit more where I can, where as opposed to, you know, my little pieces here, my snippets, I can just, I can go through them. Like it's almost nothing. There's, 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 there's more, there's more thought that goes into the short fiction writing, at least for me. Um, but I would like to dive back into those and start, start churning some of those that if I can, I would absolutely love to, to do that. Cause I have, I have some that I've been sitting on that, I think it'd be just as good as any of my best small pieces. Wow. No, it makes sense. Makes sense. So, um, we are approaching towards the end. That's awesome. Um, I guess All right. my question to you is, <laughs> do you have any final thoughts? But, but, well, actually, do you have one more piece? I could, Greg? I yeah. could give you one more piece, yeah. Let's do that. Um, yeah, let's do one, more one more piece from Greg. Okay. Yeah. Final thought after that. Okay. Yeah. Um, okay, so top, this is called Top Shelf. It goes like this. I barely paid the minimum on my credit card yesterday, he said to her from across the table. But I sit here with you at a restaurant I can't afford regularly with my $400 Swiss watch on my wrist, wearing a Ralph Lauren sweater, Joseph A. Bank dress boots, and his top-shelf gin in this martini. He took a deep sip from his aforementioned top-shelf martini. Then he reached across and took her hand in his. I'm nervous as shit every day of falling into that pit, afraid that my future will be terrible, that anything good that happens has a price to pay the piper later. But hell, beautiful, sometimes you have to know when to throw caution to the wind and say, fuck it, today I goddamn live. He sipped his martini again, and she sipped hers, and she looked at him in a way that made him think she was the first person to believe in him. Done. Wow. Oh, thank you. I'm glad that we ended with that piece. I like. Can you see that last two lines again? I really like how that ended. Oh, I just closed the page. Oh, uh, it, well, no, you know what? You can rewind it, Angela. Rewind it. <laughs> I'll rewind it. All right. When I re- when I listen to the replay, I'm gonna hit rewind because I I just really like how those last two lines really just hit. Uh, the fact that she drank from her martini as well is just really a nice way to really kind of end 
that's kind of, uh, again, you do such a great job of setting up those little scenes. Again, I think Greg really did a great job. This could be a movie. You play a card (laughs) This could become little movie snippets, like like skits and stuff. You could actually do magic with this. Oh, that'd be beautiful. Hollywood, you need to get on Greg. I would love to be like paycheck Stephen King there and just be like, oh, yeah, sure, whatever piece of shit you want. Here, take it. Write that check. All right. <laughs> but Greg, if that happens, I want to cut. Give so there you go. I... I will sell. I will sell my soul if it calls. If it comes time. Set it first. <laughs> oh my God! So okay. So awesome. So okay. I he'll guess... sell soul, and he also said I could have three percent from the back end. <laughs> okay. Why not? Why oh not? Why not? So any final last thoughts from Greg? Yes. Overall, final like, thoughts. Again, thank you so much for joining. Yes. What are some final thoughts for us? Oh gosh, I don't even know. I mean, thanks. Thanks for having me and giving me this chance. I mean, this is the first time I've ever even been spotlighted in really anything. Stop no, not, Greg, not bullshit. No bullshit. Well, Greg, you interviewed like a champion. This... No bu- well, Greg, you definitely interviewed like you had been interviewed before. It must be that communication. Uh, must be. I mean, when I when I feel okay with people, I I let the let the freak flag fly, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, I, I I appreciate I appreciate the chance. Um, as far as final, any other final thought. <laughs> I don't think I have any. I just uh, <laughs> no, but we definitely just, should do a part two. We definitely gotta do a part two soon for sure. Yeah, I'd love to come back for a part two. We gotta do this. Well, we that's okay. Yes, to be continued. No, I would love to come back. Any anytime you go, you want me, I'll, I'll okay. come back. Get on um, Amazon. Hold on. Other than Amazon, how else can people get in touch with you? Just through Instagram. Yeah. Um. What I'm doing, what I'm trying to do now, because I I didn't do this last year for some reason, because I'm so new to this. Um. Um. If you do want like a signed copy or anything, I use I use Venmo so you can Venmo me and I'm buying those the little book envelopes from like Staples in the post office and if you pay me I can get me your address, I can get it out to you. Um Whoa I'm okay. I'm hold on. Why are we just saying this now? Hold on, say it again. Oh uh, yeah, you know what? Like... The author. <laughs> 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 this in the last second. Oh, hey, listen, that's the best part for last. What you mean? <laughs> All right. So, but uh, that information is available on Instagram if they want to Venmo or contact you as far as getting a signed personal copy from the author themselves. Yeah, I'm. They can contact you through Instagram. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty easy to get a hold of, and I respond pretty quickly. Um, yeah, once once I get any payment, I can get. It, I'll try to get it out as quickly as I can. So I'm trying to do that this year. Um, with this, with this book, um, yeah, it's, it, I'm, I'm easy. I'm super, Are you super easy. Per word on the inscription? <laughs> oh, no, that's, that's, oh, that comes, that's, 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 pitching right there. That, that's compliments of the house. Well, listen, I just want to know, cause when I get my inscription, I want, I want a nice inscription. I'm just going to do my initials. <laughs> that's all you I get. That. I deserve that, Greg. I'm nah. Look, so you I'll get my contacting for that, uh, for that personal signed copy. Absolutely. Just no. your initials. Whenever, whenever you'd like. I just, I'm just gonna have to remember to like get another shipment in at some point. Awesome. But, good. but yeah, but right. I still have some. I still have some physical ones available. Uh, quite a few. So yeah, come, come get yours. Come get them. <laughs> All right. Well, definitely be doing that. And anybody else, if you don't know how to get to that and contact us, we'll help you get to Greg. All right, because I know you guys definitely want to get that uh, copy out there. No doubt. So, um, Greg, thank you, thank you, thank you for saying yes. Thank you for giving yes, us an opportunity seriously. to have, you know, pretty much for you to tell your story, share your life with us. You know, we definitely got oh, any- too. So, thank you for saying yes to us. Um, I want absolutely. I, I do want to thank Tara because she's the one that introduced me. To you. Yes, she's the one that said, "Hey, Tara. why don't you hit this guy and this guy?" I'll, I'll say, "Yeah, hey, the more people, the more we can get together and just break bread and just have a good time and have a good laugh and talk like we did today." So, um, Greg, thank absolutely. you so much. And oh, let's definitely talk again soon. Absolutely, absolutely. Anytime, guys. Anytime. All right, five, four, three, two, one.